0: Welcome to the WP Tonic podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co host
1: interview the leading experts in WordPress, e learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic show. It's episode 577. This week, folks, we haven't got a guest, but it's going to be an internal discussion between me and my great host, Stephen from Zipfish. And um, we're going to be discussing Stephen's role. Long and windy road to become a WordPress developer. And also, we're going to be talking about when it's the right time to use a plugin or you'd be better off getting something hand coded. We're going to be discussing those two topics. It should be a great show. So, before we get into the meat and potatoes, Stephen, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers?
0: Yeah, my name is Stephen Sauter. I'm from zipfish.io. Uh, we make WordPress
1: fast by optimizing the code that runs on your site and also the servers behind your site. That sounds great to me. And before we go into the main part, of the discussion I was just about to say interview there uh, um, is that we've got to talk about one of our great sponsors and that's Kinsta Hosting. Kinsta is a WordPress hosting provider. It only specialises in WordPress. If you've got a site for yourself or for a client that's WooCommerce a large membership site, a learning management system anything that really needs performance and reliability you should look at Kinsta. I personally feel what they're one of the better or best um, hosting providers at the present moment um go over have a look at their plans i'm sure you're going to be delighted with them and i suggest that you go and buy one um if you do do that um please tell them that you heard about them on the wp tonic show it helps Ginza, and it really does support the show your support is much appreciated um right Stephen. so um First of all, um, when did you start getting into coding? Um, Was it the web? Was it um, uh, web development or did you start somewhere else? Uh, I started in WordPress, actually. So um, probably when I was early
0: high school or something, uh, one and one had this deal where you could get like a free website and you could have WordPress installed on it. um, And you could like have it for a year or something. And so I got super excited about that. Of course, it was, you know, A terrible website that ran super slow, but everybody's internet was slow back then. So uh, uh, kind of started playing around on that, kind of started uh, coding some stuff up and seeing, you know, what what could I do and what could I break? Um, And it was a lot of fun. And it kind of is what got me hooked on the web. Um, I then like kind of left uh, web stuff and uh, went to college, did marketing Um, And started my first marketing job at a uh, startup company Um, that was really young. Um, There's about four employees total. Um, And, you know, we didn't have a bunch of money. We all wore a bunch of hats and part of, you know, marketing's web, of course. And so I started getting back into programming um, and started building uh, some WordPress websites for them. And I kind of just really basing that around like different marketing initiatives, right? Like landing pages, um, product pages, all of that stuff. And then from there, I got was like, hey, I like this better than the marketing side of stuff. So I'm going to get into uh, development full time. Um, And so really just started diving really deep into PHP and JavaScript um, and got into Meteor, which is still around these days, not as cool and hyped up as it used to be. Um, But moved out to L.A. for a little while, um, for about four years and did the whole startup scene. Um, and worked on various different projects, building things with React and Vue and Meteor, um, which was it was a fun ride. But, uh, you know, the crazy thing is that there is so much money that gets poured into startups that end up not working. And you spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars building some you know, subscription platform or some ordering system. Um, that's super complex and involved and then come to find out the business model doesn't work at all. Uh, and that's kind of where um, I started thinking back to how I used to build projects and WordPress just offers you a lot out of the box. You can, you know, have a whole e-commerce platform. You can have um, a whole subscription system. You can have complex uh, like a, uh, marketing funnels and channels and advertisement campaigns and you can link that all together with wordpress and if you get into some place that like is a little sticky like somebody something somebody hasn't quite built out the right thing a lot of times you can just add a hook or add a filter add a little custom php and customize whatever's happening on the page or on the back end and you can get a lot farther a lot faster and so it was kind of going through all those different startups and those kind of like that whole burnout sort of phase where you invested all this time and resources into something that eventually just full. It's just like, you know what? We could have built an MVP on WordPress and taken that to market, see if something worked, and then maybe gone back and rebuild the whole thing. Because honestly, any of the startups that got any traction were rebuilding everything from the ground up, um, you know, several times over because the, the model pit changes, the company pivots, what you thought you need, you don't need. Um, and so building something as fast and cheap, getting it as you can, getting it to market, and then I'm um, going from there, I think is is a key element to um, business. How can you put how much value can you derive out of you know one hour worth of work or 10 hours worth of work? Um, if you're custom coding everything, um, that value isn't seen till a long time later. Like you have to have a lot of customers, you have to have a lot of users, you have to have a lot of revenue that's being generated for to justify, you know, hours of a developer's time. Whereas with
1: WordPress, right, it's a lot cheaper. It's a lot quicker. You could do a lot more. So you're you're a bit of a unicorn, really. You know, um, I haven't heard – have I heard that particular path that you described in your WordPress journey – no, I haven't actually. It's unusual somebody that kind of oscillates from marketing into the technical, um, starts in the technical, migrates into the marketing and then goes back to the technical side, um, kind of oscillates. But on the other hand, if you're running a small agency, um, the reality is you have to wear a lot of hats. So that that is the reality of small agency life, isn't it? So... When when you know you started with WordPress, you went the marketing, and then you went back. What were what were some of the resources that helped you learn WordPress and PHP? Then was it just trial and error, or um, was it a mixture of online resources and books? Yeah,
0: lots of trial and error, lots of YouTube videos, lots of random courses here or there. Um, I feel like when you're teaching something, you're, when you're teaching yourself a new skill, there is a lot of this, um, how should I say it, like jumping too far ahead, like you want to do something and it's fairly complex. And so you're trying to do it, and you're hitting a brick wall, and then you realize, oh, wait, I need to go back, I need to learn some of these basic things. And so you go back, and you learn those basic things, and then you can go and, you know, hit that next mile marker. And then you find out uh, the, you know, and another point, they're like, oh, wait, I don't really understand, you know, JavaScript in depth. I don't really understand, like, why is, you know, everything a function in JavaScript? I don't get that and what that means. Um, and understanding that helps you debug your code and helps you figure out exactly, you know, what's going on and how to um, really build, you know, sophisticated platforms. But if, you, if, you miss, if you're missing these core uh, elements and functionality, it's very difficult and hard to move fast. and so I feel like my whole like coding uh, like learning career was a lot of like going too far down the road trying to build something too complex, realizing you have to go back and learn some of this stuff and then kind of just oscillating between those two things um, you know to get to get where I got got today. so so my course was definitely like windy and weaving. It wasn't like, oh, I signed up for you know some course did the whole thing. Um, I usually learn best by doing so it was just me trying to do all this stuff and banging my head against the wall. <laughs>
1: So, what would you advise? Would would be some of your advice to somebody starting off? Because I hear a lot of people say, "Well, you got you got to start off with HTML and CSS." The only problem with CSS is a, it's not a true programming language, and b, it's it's a bit of um, hybrid, isn't it? It has. I've known a lot of. Hardcore programmer types from traditional languages like C, C+, and they've tried to learn CSS. And they literally um, tried to, they've ended up almost pulling their hair out of their own um, because they just found it's it's not tremendously logical, if you understand what I mean. But I suppose you do have to start with CSS and HTML. What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, really, the building blocks of the web are like
0: HTML um, and then followed by CSS and then followed by, you know, back-end stuff.
1: Um, yeah, well, I was going to ask you the back-end. It's got more complicated. Would you, after learning some basic HTML, CSS, so you become reasonably dangerous, Would you? I think now you've got a big choice coming up. Do you learn delve into WordPress and PHP, or do you really aim at JavaScript and a library? Which direction would you go if you were in that, the person of that person starting off in 2021?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it really depends what you're trying to build at the end of the day. Um, I like my path to like learning how to build websites and development uh, was very much function-based. There was a need, we didn't have the money to pay a developer to do it. So I just figured it out myself, you know, on nights and weekends and built, you know, the the company's first website. Um, That like, like that's a very functional way of approaching programming. Like I want to do this and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. um, I think like if you're saying I want to get into development as a career path and there's not like an actual project or an actual tangible goal that you're trying to achieve you just want to learn how to build something like I think study like going and finding a course and going through a course and then just looking around trying to find a job and whoever will hire you and then just start learning from there um, and see where things take you it's it's a very I think the Development world is a very windy road, especially today with all the different like build scripts that are out there. Um, like the advent of like Node JS, like where you are have you know Webpack now, or like you used to you know people used to use like Grunt or Gulp. And um,
1: <laughs> there's, like, there's like, this whole side of things that, like just setting things up is way more complex than it used to be. Well, that, and- that's part, that that is part of the pain, but. Also we do we do have a, a sizable decision because um, and I'm not saying there's an easy answer, or if there is an answer, I, I actually probably think there probably is an answer, but you do have this fundamental, do I? And the easy cop out would would be to say you gotta you gotta learn both. And that's that's a sizable thing to do. Um, do you like learn WordPress, the functions, the basic, you know, um, the functions, um, hooks, and then you, you go into PHP, because let's be frank about PHP ain't going anywhere. And, um, with some of the modern um, PHP libraries, it's improved quite a lot as as a language, has not it? Um, but then you have got this enormous monster, this other you know JavaScript avenue and React and some of the other libraries. And I just wondered if you were in somebody's shoes, where do, where do you think you would would you still go down that? WordPress, PHP. Do you think that's an easier thing to get really reasoning good and then look at JavaScript? Or would you start with JavaScript and then look at PHP? Yeah,
0: I think I think that's something you could debate for as long as you want to. Like, what's the easiest yeah. route? What's the best route? What, what's the right order to watch the Star Wars movies in? I mean, yeah. like it you know, you should watch them all. You should learn a little bit about everything. Um, and but I think like when it comes to programming find a project and start working on that project and see where it takes you like maybe maybe it takes you down the uh the javascript and uh php or php route maybe it takes you down um you know java or c c sharp or swift or who knows what route but like just start start doing something and here's the thing is that we like people on the outside look at programming languages and think of them as like you know languages that we speak right like Uh, Italian versus English or English versus Japanese, um, where there's very, like the crossover isn't as strong. But if you look at the fundamentals of most languages, they are based in a lot of the same logic patterns. They might look a little bit different, but if you understand how object-oriented programming works in one language, a lot of that knowledge transfers over into another language. How you structure functions, how you structure loops. There's subtle differences. And
1: the problem, um, but... the problem, the problem with JavaScript. You know, I was at Flash ActionScript, and in the days when I was active programmer, um, Stephen, it was in the days of the different DOMs. We didn't have a library. We didn't have jQuery. We were, um, and that's why. JavaScript died a little bit because at my time to actually get it to work consistently on different browsers was the amount of code that you had to write. It And then my only criticism of JavaScript is it's still a bit of a messy code, isn't it? uh, um, So when you look what you could write in like Python or you could write in PHP and then you look at the similar thing, the amount of code you've got to churn out that's why the libraries probably yeah. they help with that, don't they? Yeah,
0: I like libraries help with that. But you're using libraries regardless if you're using Python or PHP. Like they all have their own like library managers. Um, trying to reuse code is like you know your best friend. I think that a language is as messy as you don't understand it. Like the less you understand a language, the less you understand programming. The more messy it gets. The more you understand it the more organized and structured it becomes. And, um, when, and that, then, when you look uh, at
1: what, and the other thing is, I think the other thing we got to stress before we go for the break is learning best practices and not be a messy code, if you know. As you get experience, when you look at other people's code and it's visually a mess, they, they, just, they just haven't formatted it nicely. Um, you learn you know, after you've had to delve into a number of projects and take them over and looked at really messy code, you start to appreciate um, tidiness, don't you?
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, but, like, don't let that stop you. Like, I've... Or are you messy?
1: Or are you messy, Stephen? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here's the thing. A code that works is better than real clean code that doesn't work. Um Coding, like, it's something that that you learn as you go along. The longer you code, the more clean your code is going to be. The longer you code, the more structured it is, the easier it is going to be for somebody else to read. Um, And that's something that you can always get better, just like with handwriting. You can always work on making your your S's and your O's and your U's, you know, a lot more tidy and neat. Um, You can always progress in that area, but that shouldn't stop you from writing, right? That shouldn't stop you from coding. Just because you don't know how to do something or the best way to do it, just do it. And then as you learn and you get more information, you'll figure out there's better ways of doing it. You can go back and rewrite it, or you can say, hey, the next project I do, I'm going to write this better, and it's going to be better than the last one. And I think that's the cool thing about coding, is that a lot of it is you competing against yourself, just like the next thing I write is going to be better than the last thing I did.
1: Right, yeah, we're going to go for our break. Hopefully, Stephen's been impressed with my coding knowledge. Uh, um, um, We'll be back in a few moments, folks.
2: LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into
1: a selling machine. We
2: make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of LaunchFlows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to
1: try LaunchFlows today. We're coming back. It's been a feast about Stephen's background as a developer, plus the world of modern coding around WordPress. Um... As, as we were saying in the first half, the one thing I think you, you know, if you choose PHP uh, or JavaScript, and you probably do have to mix the both, I think that stack of technology is still going. You, you're going to be pretty safe and relevant. Where you know when I was in the like getting close to the end of my active, I still develop a bit, Stephen, but I um, hire people like you when I've got real projects, Uh, um, is that I was um, pretty heavy in Ruby and Rails, and it's still there, but it's dying, partly because of JavaScript, I would say. Um, um, But still, I always liked Ruby and Rails for the code, the power, and just it came from by the crew of base camp. <laughs> what more cooler can you get than that? Uh, um, and but that's kind of um, there's still jobs out there, but it's not it's not driving forward. The other, the one of the others that's growing um, that surprised me, and I think it's mostly because a lot of it is driven because it's used by Google extensively is Python, isn't it? Um, um, but I don't know anything about that, really, nor do, do I. Um, so I think staying with PHP and JavaScript, you're kind of they, – they would be the areas where I would incline to learn, really, where I think your effort's still going to be safe, isn't it? Yeah,
0: but, like, let's say you want to get into, like, AI-type stuff for visual image processing yeah. – um, like, you're it's going to be a lot harder to make that work from a PHP side. Yeah. Um, it's probably you know, from, from the JavaScript side, but Python, there's tons of libraries out there and there's tons of stuff that's been already built um, around that because that language just does really good in processing that kind of information. And um, that, that's why I was saying, like, well, what do you want to build and go follow yeah. those routes? Because if, if you're going to, like, if you're going to try to build, let's say, a web scraper or something, it's probably easier to build that in Python, too. Like, there's a ton of stuff out there already that you can, like, look at,
1: see how they're doing it, start editing, messing around with it. Um, so it's... Well, oh, so try- you, are, you are really right, because I was looking at some of the most... See, Java is still, you know, I I never touched it with a barge pole. It was too much for me. But it's still really quite popular, isn't it, Java? You know, and I think that's yeah. Of especially when you
0: get to the, the enterprise level um, type type of uh, work, like if you're dealing with really large corporations that have crazy databases, crazy structures, have to work across a lot of teams, everything has to be really documented. And, um, it it means you need a language that lends itself to that, like where people aren't just gonna quickly throw in slapstick code around and stuff like that. And Java does a much nicer job of that than let's say Python, which is all, it's much more, you know, um, kind of roll up your sleeves, get dirty and start hacking things together. Um, so I, at least that's my perception of it from what the work that I've done in it, but um, it's every language has its own group of people that are building things for it. And so depending on whatever project you're building, you'll probably find people talking about one language more than another type of language or a software system or a, Um, some sort of framework, and just go with that and see where that takes you. And then you can hop on the next thing. But I can guarantee you that the things that you learn from coding in Python will help you become a better PHP coder and will help you become a better JavaScript coder. It's not like you learn one language and all it is is siloed into that language. Uh, You learn things about how computers think, how computers process, how information works. um, And... That can be very valuable as you go into other languages. The more well-rounded you are as a programmer, I think, the better code that you can produce.
1: When it comes to the JavaScript libraries, which which three um, would you say that dominate at at the present moment?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it kind of depends what you call like libraries and what you call frameworks. And, like, this, yeah. like, the difference between those def- definitions. Because I, I,
1: mean, I suppose you could still say jQuery is quite relevant, but it's not seen in the same breath as something like React, is it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I would say that, like, if you're looking for, like, front-end frameworks, like React is killing it right now. Um, Vue is also really popular. Those are probably the two biggest ones. Um, and then from a... I think it's interesting too because let's say you are building a web application and you want to use react, but you also want to use PHP on the backend. Like there's a lot of people doing some really cool stuff with Laravel right now. Yeah. Um, And if you are in a WordPress system, let's say, and you're thinking about trying to use something else because it's just restricting you too much. You, you need to do more highly customized stuff. Um, I've seen a lot of people turn uh, like WordPress stuff into Laravel stuff. Um, And Laravel is a really cool, Really cool framework for building some pretty complex and pretty uh, awesome web apps that I've seen out there. Um, so that's 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 something that I would like to dive a little bit more into. I've gotten into Laravel just a little bit more out of just curiosity, um, yeah. and I've been really impressed with yeah, kind of what they're
1: doing over there. Yeah. But but that's what like I've, heard. I've heard. I've heard a lot of people. Yeah, sorry to talk over you. Um, um, that's what I've heard. Really, a lot of people saying about Laravel. They've been really impressed. With they the, also with
0: the du- they also have a fantastic uh training system for laravel. Mm. Uh if you ever want to learn laravel like go into laracast, um they have probably one of the best um like courses that you can take um that will take you through laravel and they keep it updated with the latest versions and will like you know here is phase 1, phase 2, phase 3 like beginner, intermediate, advanced. Um And then all these like kind of add-on courses that you can take around that and just the amount of time and effort that they put into documenting and creating training material, I think has really led itself to the success uh, because
1: if you can train people to use something, you know, they'll use that. And it's pretty impressive Mm. what you can, what you can create with it. I think, I think that's the other thing. I think the actual training resources now, you know, there's some great free coding academies, um, that you can join totally free. There's the resource that you just mentioned. There's, there's a lot of, um, you know, it's called LinkedIn training. Formerly um, Linda dot you No, know, Malton. My friend Malton is one of the chief educators and trainers on that particular. So there's a lot more resources, but there's a lot more to learn as well, isn't there?
0: Yeah, there's always there's always more to learn, for sure. Um, I think one of the interesting things about WordPress is
1: kind of understanding the constraints of it and the opportunities yeah. with it. That's, a, that's a great. I, that's a great subject. Please, please explain some more. Um, there are a lot of things that
0: you can tack on to WordPress and out of the box stuff that you can do. Um, right, you can have e-commerce. You can have on top of the e-commerce, you can put a whole learning management system on top of a whole learning management system. You can put a whole CRM system um, and run that all from WordPress and your marketing campaigns are coming from the same place that your, um, that your e-commerce is happening, that same place that your learning management system is happening. That same place that your affiliate system is happening. And there's a lot of beauty in that, but there's also a lot of headache in that and a lot of frustration in that. Um, because once you get a lot of code that has to work together, all of a sudden, if one thing kind of goes a little bit sideways, everything goes a little bit sideways.
1: Oh, you and, need a good you need a good support company, don't you? Yeah, you need a, great, a good support company like uh, like Jonathan. That's nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's what we preach. We provide all the tools, but we also provide the support. So that's a, that's an that's an important thing thing to know. And then the ability for.
0: You to fix the problem is sometimes limited because if that problem is something deep ingrained in that plugin, then it's really like is you either that plugin author has to fix it, or um you have to like fork the plugin and know how to code and figure out what's going wrong and dissect the whole plugin and change it yourself. And that can be a very frustrating and time-intensive exper- experiment. Um and it's – I kind of have developed this theory uh, for how to think through whether you should code it yourself or whether you should just get plugins. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to flip this out, and I'd love to get your reaction. Well,
1: actually – Shall we leave this for our bonus content? Oh, I, think, sure. I, I think that would be a, a good cut off. Um, we're getting around about 27, 28 minutes into this. Um, so I think we're cut off. And if you want to hear Stephen's views about when it's a good idea to hand code or use a plugin, go to the WP Tonic YouTube channel. And watch this whole discussion. I've really enjoyed it, I've, Stephen. I've never um, said this publicly before. So this will ooh. be like the
0: first time on air that Stephen has Steven Souter has ever made this, this statement. So
1: well, the drum Check beats roll, the drum <laughs> beats row. So um Steven, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and Zipfish?
0: Yeah, head over to Zipfish.io, run a speed test, see how much faster you can make your WordPress
1: site. And they've helped with the WP Tonic website. It's on Kinsta, but um, there's also a lot of legacy codes, different plugins. It's a bit of a monster, the WP Tonic website. I don't know how many pages or posts. It's been going since um, late 2014. So as a site grows out, it just becomes a bit of a heap of different database entries and that. So um, Stephen and his team came in and they helped out um, and um, gave it a bit of a rejuvenation a bit of a speed push a bit of a speed push and uh, it really helped. Thanks Stephen. Um, we'll be back next week hopefully with another great guest. I've um, got a webinar this Friday, um, but you probably will hear the show um, after that. But we're going to have a webinar in April, or we're going to rename it. Webinar's a little bit old-fashioned now, so me and Spencer are going to rename our live event on a new platform as well. But we'll give you more information about that as it comes around. Like I say, if you want to hear um, Stephen's views, about coding hand coding or a plugin go to the wp tonic youtube channel we'll see you next week folks bye
2: thanks for listening to the wp tonic podcast the podcast that gives you a
0: dose of wordpress medicine twice a week